Welcome to this podcast, to this program. I'm so happy to have you with us. And today I have a very special guest that happens to be my husband. And his name is Uyobon Benjamin Etuk. Most people know him as Pastor Benjamin. Welcome to this podcast. Welcome to this program. I'm so happy to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, thank you for honoring this invitation. And well, as you know, the main purpose of this um, program is to encourage and motivate people with um, stories or testimonies of people that have been through different situations in life and they have been able to overcome and now they're here and we can call them resilient people many times we see a person maybe they're successful maybe their life is okay for what we can see with our own eyes but we don't know where they're coming from or what they have been through and then when we hear their stories we are inspired and we can relate sometimes with what they're saying and say you know what if he could overcome this i can overcome whatever i'm passing through of course with the help of the lord so today i'm going straight to the point um i want to know what makes you a resilient person can you share with us um an experience a story or something that has happened in your life that you had to overcome that was like really um what do i call it like hard mm -hmm. and um now you overcame and now you're here can you talk to us about that Thank you very much, and um, so it's a privilege to be here. And um, I would like to start by saying this. Um, there's a saying that goes this way. Say, what doesn't kill you makes you strong <laughs> yes. and stronger. Mm -hmm. So um, I know we've all passed through different things in a, at different stages of our lives. And I have passed through a lot, so many. But um, let me see if I just uh, talk about one or two. Um, I was born into a middle-class family, you know, we were not rich, but we were not like poor either. Mm -hmm. We were just well, just, to, there. just there, just enough, just well to do. Uh -huh. um, and then at a point, suddenly my dad was retired. You know, he never expected a retirement and, um, you know, things started going downhill little by little. Mm -hmm. his, um, his car was involved in an accident, which I, he was carrying me to school. I have a, I have a mark here. I was sitting sitting between the seats. So when he suddenly pressed the brake, the brake wow. did not respond, and I went flying and I hit my 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 face on the dashboard. Wow. So the mark is still here. This mark that is here. Did you become unconscious? No, I wasn't. I was bleeding. Oh, yes. And your father? He was okay. But what happened is that that car was uh, from there was unrepairable, and he had to sell it for, at the end. Um, things just started going downhill. Um, I remember from my second year in high school, because my first year I was in a boarding school. Mm -hmm. In the second year, I was now going from home to in a different school. Mm -hmm. I used to trek to school. Uh, so I used to walk um, about 10 kilometers to school every morning and walk the same distance back after school. Well, that means you had to wake up really early to go to school if you had to walk that long distance by 4 35 
I was up. But this is, uh, let me try to understand. <clears throat> Sorry, you, was tell you were telling us about that your father had an early retirement because of a car crash? No, the retirement came, in fact, he was on vacation. And uh, before he, he, his vacation was over, he got a letter that he was retired. Which means that someone that was stepping in or his boss mm -hmm. suddenly, suddenly retired him without him knowing he wasn't without supposed to be retired without his consent. But was he old enough to retire? No, he had some. He still had some years to, to uh, you know, to to work. So that destabilized everything. Destabilized him. Destabilized the family. But we were still managing, and uh, you know, like I said, um, he got sick after. For two years, he was sick, bedridden, couldn't stand up, couldn't turn. And we, we, we had to take him everywhere, hospitals, churches, everywhere. Nothing. And my sister, my, one of my elder sisters, dedicated her life completely to taking care of him. Meanwhile, we were still struggling and, you know, trying to see how we can raise funds. And I, we used to go to the farm with my mom you know, to plant things and, and harvest and sell. And uh, when we harvest the pro the farm product, we will take take them to, to uh, you know, hawk on, hawk, hawk on the street. Take to sell. Yes. I, 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 we, we put the product, for example, corn or vegetable leaves, put them in trays, myself and my younger sister. And we start, we just go out on the street, walking uh -huh. street by street, hawking and, and selling. I wasn't a best seller, <laughs> but my younger sister, yes. In a few minutes, she will finish selling and she will go home. Meanwhile, I will be still walking and going round this round, so round and round the streets. You weren't a good salesperson. No, no, no. <laughs> but how did you? I'm just I'm wondering, like you you're telling us that you used to walk to school, you had to go to school. So where did you find time to do the selling and the harvesting and all of that? It seems like uh a lot. Mostly on weekends, almost oh, every weekend. Okay. After school on Fridays, Saturday mornings, that was the day we go to sell. So could you tell us more or less how old you were when you had to like, um, when your father got sick and you started, you know, selling on the streets and stuff? Um, I, I think he got sick when I was in third year. I could have been level to like about 13, 14 years wow. old at that time. Still very young. And um, mm -hmm. at the point... You know, after going round, 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 he was brought to a clinic close in the city, in the same city that we were living. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had to wake up in the morning, early in the morning, like about very early, like five, go walking, like almost 20 kilometers to take breakfast to him and stay with him a few minutes and then walk back to school from there, almost the same distance, 20 That's kilometers. Wow. And walk back after school at about 10 kilometers. It was, um, it wasn't easy. But, um, excuse me, we know that the car that you had, um, he had to sell it by parts and whatever after the accident. So why didn't you just take maybe um, public transportation or a cab or something instead of having to walk those long distances? Yes, there were public transportations. But where was the money? Oh, where was the money? It's easier said than done. You know, the little money that was available was went into feeding and into trying uh, paying school fees and buying you know school items, mm -hmm. books. So the part that we could play, play 
was to walk to school. So this was only you and your sister. How many were you? Family oh, uh, yes. Um, at that time, we were, we were nine. I'm saying at that time because um, many years after we lost for one of my elder sister. Okay. I wouldn't say lost. She left us. Um, we were nine and I'm number seven. Mm -hmm. and my, I have a younger sister. Okay. So you can imagine the rest are bigger. So most of them had to fend for themselves. They had to study. Mm -hmm. They had to work and study. And um, one of my, my eldest brother had to take care of one of my elder sister. And uh, my, the one, the elder sister that, that went to be with the Lord, she had to work and study. It was everyone had to do something. something. But one thing we did not stop doing was studying and going to school. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's what you're saying is very interesting, uh, especially because nowadays, for the most part, um, a lot of kids, children, you know, when they, you tell them about going to school for them, it's like a burden, like, oh, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to do this. And for some people, you know, when they have to take the public transportation, let's say to go to work, they are complaining because, oh, I don't want to, you know, be, I want a car or whatever. But one thing is that we always have to be so grateful for what we do have, because there's always someone that doesn't have that much, because right now you might be taking the public transportation to go to work or to school or whatever, but you could be walking. So we thank God also for that opportunity, because even though we know that there are many benefits for walking is not the same where you say i'm gonna walk to you know exercise then you have to walk whether you like it or not and whether it's rainy whether it's sunny whatever the weather well you have to do it so that is that is very um like interesting we take so many things for granted we yes. we just you know and there's so many people because that is your this is part of your story as you were growing up but currently i know that there are people in different places of the globe that are passing through this situation or even worse um here in the american continent we tend to have a lot of um you would say like prosperity to a certain mm -hmm, point mm -hmm. because even um well to do yeah wealth wealth there are a lot of people that are still um, in poverty or extreme poverty, but for the most part, um, people are wealthy. They have their, you know, internet, they have their cable, they have their, you know, many commodities mm -hmm. and, and certain, you know, things that makes life easier. And mm -hmm. one of the things um, that we have to, as I mentioned before, um, you know, always have in mind is to be grateful for what we do have and not to fall in that complaining yes uh, part yes, yes. Just, just to say something that i know yeah you know i see i see uh, some 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 people mm -hmm. you know they complain they don't want to go to school because they, they it's a new school year and they, and they don't have a new shoe mm -hmm. ah, it's a new school year i don't have a new uniform yeah i i know you we have to respect different cultures you know, yeah. because cultures are different but there are i don't remember you know i've buying new, new, new uniform every year or new, new shoes every year <laughs> i use the same uniform for two three years until whenever i could buy a new one maybe when i outgrow it uh -huh. and there's no other option but to get another one but as far as as long as it was it, it fit that was my uniform, <laughs> uniform. and my our, my school uniform was white white shirt 
and white shirt or white trousers. When so, I when so I got to the senior level, it was a you trouser. put it in the washing machine. You, no washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> in, in Nigeria, we say who dash monkey banana. Explain that. <laughs> who dash monkey banana is like like saying who who give you that that comfort? Who dash you? Who who who, who donated so, that to so you? So you didn't no. have a washing machine. Never. Never. So how did you wash? Wash by hand, Papa. Are you washed or your mom? I washed each each of us. We had to wash. You wash your you wash your, your clothes. clothes. I wash my clothes. I wash the clothes of the house of the of my family, my brothers, sisters. Like whenever it's time to wash, you you want to wash. Everyone will bring their clothes. <laughs> yes. So we had to. <laughs> we are laughing because <laughs> uh, we were having some technical difficulties. You know, sometimes. Ah. Uh, Technology. <laughs> Continue, please. Yeah, and um, I had to wash clothes for everybody. And uh, I wanted to say, I want to say something here, and not to encourage each and every one of us, mm -hmm. that your present situation does not tell your future. What I'm trying to say is that what you're passing through right now doesn't mean you, that's how it's going to be in the future, or you're going to see keep. No, no, having that same situation. No condition is permanent. permanent. They say mm -hmm. your condition today will change for the better tomorrow. Amen. Just be resilient. Amen. And just to like round up, um, we started talking about your father being ill and how difficult it became for you, especially in the financial part. Not even to talk. I know. Um, like you know being concerned with your father emotionally must have been very hard too but i want to know like at the end how did you overcome the situation what happened with your dad how did you get to this point uh well it's a long story but i'm mm -hmm. gonna try to make it very brief as much as i can mm -hmm. um it got to a point that after doing everything for my dad taking him everywhere there was no help no improvement Mm -hmm. we had to like bring him back home which was like the, the last resort it's like sending him home to die uh -huh. mm -hmm. so he came home and we were taking care of him and then i remember i was home that they remember one day someone came to the and knock on the door a stranger at least a stranger to me mm -hmm. he opened the door and he stepped in and said god sent me to this house to pray for somebody Man. and he, he came in laid his hand on my dad, prayed, took his Bible, and walked away. Never met him again, never saw him again, don't know who he was. And wow. I tell you, from that moment, from that day, my my, my dad's health began, began to change. Improved. Improved daily, 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 until he stood up from that bed and was completely healed. Mm -hmm. That's the testimony. So... That is how that happened. And we being resilient, you know, not giving up in our studies. Because we would have said, ah, sometimes I go to school without breakfast, no food. Mm. I just drink water and I, and I have to walk 10 km, about 10 kilometers. I go to school. I would have said, no, the suffering is too much. I can't go to school. I'm, not, I'm hungry. I'm yeah. not eat. No. But when you have your eye on something, when you have an expectation and a hope, that makes you to be resilient for what you're passing through and that tomorrow will bring testimony that you and that that's that one of the testimonies you are listening to right now amen 
Thank you so much um, for sharing that. And definitely, um, I know there's so much more to your story. I know it because I'm his wife, of course. <laughs> But um, definitely, um, as I said in the beginning, sometimes you see people in a current situation, you don't know what they have been through. And definitely to get to a point to res of resilience, you need to make changes in your mentality as well. Because like you said, you could stay there as a victim all the time and say, well, I don't have this, I don't have transport, I don't have, and I don't, and I don't, and I don't, and just limit yourself. And <clears throat> it comes to a point that you give up. But what will make you resilient is transforming your mentality from a victim to a victor. And in this case, also holding on to the word of God and his promises, because I know that holding on to God's promises um, got you very far in life. As, as a matter of fact, to where you are at this point, maybe at that moment, being such a young child, I know that you had your like, you know, moments that you're like, what, I'm what am I going to do? This is not going to work. But with time and renewing your mind with the word of the Lord, you um, became resilient. You fell, but you stood up back again, knowing, like you said before, that there's hope that things will change. And just like I always say, and part of my book, Resilient Part um, Born to Survive, it says that you're more, you're more stronger that yeah. what you think, think you are and whatever you're passing through it will pass and my mom always say it will pass maybe like a kidney stone but it will pass <laughs> very <laughs> painful experience but it will pass and talking about books um we can't leave this program without mentioning that pastor ben my husband <laughs> is also an author And he has some books that he would love to um, share with us today that will also help you in this um, resilient walk. Would you mind sharing your books with us, please? Sure. Uh, well, this is the first book um, I wrote. It's titled The Evil Tree in Man, Revealing Satan's Tactics. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find it online in Amazon. And um, if you're here in Panama, you find it in bookshops. And I have two other uh, journals. Mm -hmm. I have I have copies in Spanish, but they are also in English, also online. In English, the title for this one is My Warfare Prayer Journal. My Warfare Prayer Journal. And the title for this one in English is My Healing Prayer Journal. My Healing Prayer Journal. You're going to see the description of the book um right there in the video on the corner and we can get all these books in amazon right yes amazon is to help you in your daily work okay and i know that um the evil tree in man is something that you can get the ebook as well if you yes. have kindle um and uh, it's really gonna be a blessing to your life and congratulations for your books as we said they're in english and in spanish as well thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story with us i'm just so glad that you have gotten to this point in life where um regardless of the difficulties you always you know stand up you're resilient thank you um for sharing 
as I said, this testimony, and I really pray that it inspire and motivates you guys that are listening and that are um, watching the video. Um, don't give up. Things are going to get better. Don't lose your faith. God is real. And thank you so much for being with us today in Resilient People. Bye. 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 Bye.